How about it, y'all? You got the Lake Seminole Ramblings Podcast, sponsored by Waffle House. I'm your host, Chris Taylor. Y'all, thanks so much for listening. This episode is brought to you by Country Boy Baits, made for the swamp. Y'all, these baits flat out wreck them, I'm telling you right now. Head over to his website, www.countryboybaits.com, to check them out and support small business. Hey, big shout out to our Patreons, Brett Bush, Miles Mosley, Mason Mosley, John Sullivan, Dole Browning, Brent Shaw, and Jamie Kochevar. Y'all, thanks so much for the support. Tell you what, let's get on with a show. Uh, we got our water condition report for y'all. Uh, 20 mile an hour wind gusts. Uh, we've had that for the past uh, maybe four or five days after the hurricane missed us. Thank God for that. Uh, y'all look out, it's blown a bunch of hyacinth mats into the mouth of Jack's Cut on the Spring Creek side. So uh, it's right as you get to the right past the mouth of it, get in about the second pole. It's right there. Don't run through it and mess your lower unit up. Uh, it ain't worth it. But we've seen some cool evenings. They're starting to lower the water temps. Uh, we saw the Flint River was stained at 74. Spring Creek was clear in some areas, stained on the south shore, 74. Fish Pond Drain was clear, a little bit warmer, about 75. Chattahoochee River was stained at 74. And they've been yo-yoing these water levels, y'all. I'm talking up and down all week, but they've stayed kind of low. Uh, it's been from 76.6 up to 76.8 all week. Uh, level at publication was 76.6, and it was falling. All right, time for the fishing report brought to you by Seminole Guide Service. Need a guide on Lake Seminole? Check us out, www.seminoleguideservice.com or call 229-481-5550. All right, I don't know. If y'all ain't been, it's time to go. Uh, this couple of nights of 58, 60 degrees that we've had has lowered the water temperature significantly. Um, morning time temps, we're seeing some, some water 72, 70. Uh, these fish are going crazy. I carried some folks over the weekend and, uh, I was picking them up over at at ease and I was coming through Jack's cut. On each side of Jack's Cut, it looked like the water was boiling. I mean, right there where you could barely see some sunlight coming in, that's when you got to get out there. Uh, that's when they're eating. Soon as daybreak hits, but it's all over the place. It's all up and down the creek. It's all up and down the flint. They shad everywhere. Even at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 1 o'clock, you could see shad all in the river channels. They everywhere. Uh, what you got to look for is bird signs. I know I talk about bird signs all the time. Um, whether it's um, herons, uh, white birds, comorants, sparrows, all these birds will tell you the area you need to be in. Uh, I was running down the Flint Channel on Saturday, and... Uh, Seen probably 15 cumrants hanging around one of the channel markers on the ledge there. Um, and they're just, they're everywhere. Uh, we're throwing jerk baits, uh, shad colored speed worms. Uh, the topwater bite is just 
it's so hit or miss. I, I caught one uh, on Saturday uh, on a torpedo, and but I have a bunch of them following it. They won't touch it, but then you can throw a jerk bait on them, and they wreck it. Uh, general consensus over the, uh, the past weekend, all been small. So I've talked with anybody from Randy Weaver to Leon Weaver to Steve over at Big Jim's to just anybody that's I could talk to that's been fishing, and everybody's catching 12 to 18-inch fish. Um, lots of ones and two-pounders, uh, a couple little ding-dongs that are about six inches long will come up and, and chase your stuff. I did catch one about four and a half. Uh, I'm on the Flint yesterday evening. Uh, but we're catching fish. You, you know, there's plenty of numbers to be caught. Um, I believe we caught 17 on Saturday. And um, we caught eight or nine this morning a couple hours. So, um, again, no, no great giant size, but the fish are biting. Uh, the speckled perch and crappie have come alive as well. Uh, big limits being caught right now. Uh, and you can tear up them little bitty bass on a speckled perch jig as well. Um, throw your little shad colored speckled perch jig with either a black or a white head. And uh, they're just wrecking it. Uh, we've seen them ambushing in the uh, the timber too. There's lots of specks hanging around in the timber. Um, and you can just see the towers all over your graph. Even better if you have forward facing sonar, you can just ease up in there and, and see where all these schools are. But the shad are moving, water temperature's dropping, everything's looking good. Only thing I'm missing is a topwater bite, but I'm just going to have to get over that. Uh, what I'm seeing, too, is look for areas uh, where the ledge, you know, river ledges, creek ledge, creek channel, stuff like that, is meeting shallow water. And these bass are pushing them up on this. The, the bass will push shad. They're ambush feeders. You always got to remember that. They will push shad to an area where they can ambush. So somewhere shallow that this big school of shad has to get tight and get up close to the top of the water and close to a grass line or whatever. You understand what I'm saying? They're ambush feeders. Even when they're schooling, they're going to ambush them against a, a ledge or a piece of structure. Remember, cover is different than structure. Structure and cover are not the same thing, right? Cover is something physical that you can touch, wood, grass, a laydown, a pipe sticking out of the water, something physical. Structure is a change in the bottom, a ledge, a ditch, a hole, a creek channel, something like that, a hump. That's structure. It's a very common thing that's uh, mixed up. So they will use one of those or both as an ambush point. So you'll see out there grass lines. They're right up against the grass line. And you'll see shad flickering out of there. And you'll see needlefish coming up behind them. And then all of a sudden you'll see that big toilet bowl swirl. They're ambushing these fish or these shad right next to their grass lines. So as the day comes up, if you're a, a guy that likes to flip, this is a perfect time uh, to flip those lines. Because some of these grass lines in the flint butt up to eight-foot drop-offs. And they'll just be hanging up in that grass just waiting. So it's time to go. If y'all ain't been, it's, it's, it's time. At least go first thing in the morning or go uh, right before sundown because that's when it's going on.
uh, the rest of the day it's kind of grinding out on worms and you can catch fish but you got to keep moving and it's just it's like a light switch it's uh very similar to april conditions but but yeah get out here and get fishing stop over at uh, lso pick you up some tackle get you a milkshake say hello to those fine folks over there but yeah i don't know if y'all have been through jack's cut but it looks like they've done a a little bit of work in there on the, the area I've been complaining about so much. And that's all great. I appreciate the work that they did. And I don't mean to sound like I'm being picky, but it's still, the problem is not the, I guess there's two problems. Yeah. The problem was a lot of that stuff sticking out and that's great, but you still can't run where they cut that visible timber. Cause if you look down in the water, there's three or four giant trees that are laying right under the surface so if you were to actually drive your boat where they cut that stuff visually you're going to destroy your stuff still and it's still going to cause an accident i don't understand i've seen they have a giant barge and i've seen it you know i followed it around the lake to see what it was so i'm just confused as to why they don't take the barge in there or hook a chain to those, you know, a real long rope or something and put it out in the river and snatch those things out of there, go in there and cut them out. And I ain't one of these guys that likes to complain. I really don't want everybody to think that. Y'all, it's just so dangerous. And there's been people killed through there before, and we just don't need anything like that happening. So uh, I appreciate the court working on some stuff. I think it's uh, kind of comical that we've been complaining for years and years and years and they won't do anything, but then when... BASS elites announce they're coming. Then they start scrambling to put up channel markers and uh, signs and stuff like that. They still haven't taken care of the intersection at Sealy's on the creek. It's missing two markers. It's dangerous. I've had a bunch of my buddies come through here from out of town that have hit stumps right there because they can't see. So, but yeah, we're not going to get on the core today. I just wanted to let you all know there is some work that's been done on the cut. It's a little better but it's still not safe. It needs to be that wood. If you'll go out in front of, of gyms and pull stumps, and if you'll go down on the East Bank and pull stumps and stuff like that, you need to go out there and get that stuff out of there. Get the trash out of there. It's too big of an, ar an artery through the lake to have trash like that in there. I mean, just today I seen some guy cutting across a sandbar that was full of topped-out grass over there on Sealy's Run, almost to the river. And he almost hit me. Like, what is this guy doing? There's people, there's all kind of people that ain't from here that are, don't understand, that, that are lost, and that can be a potential danger for them, right? So, anyway. Uh, so, yeah, I put in, uh, I've been avoiding putting in at Cummins Landing ever. And I did it for the first time yesterday, and y'all will get a good laugh out of this. I'm. I'm not ashamed to tell this story. But I dropped my customers off at At Ease last night. And as I'm coming out of At Ease's run and hit the lake, I look down at my fuel gauge and I see I've got like like an eighth the tank of fuel left. And I had that moment where you're like, ah, should I turn around and get fuel? Or should I just gamble? And I looked at the sunset, and I was just, I mean, I got lights, and I was just being lazy. And I said, eh, we'll just gamble and 
roll with it, right? <laughs> well, I left. I started running down the channel. I was trying to keep it at, you know, about 4,500 RPM just so it wouldn't drink too much fuel. Because if I get my boat running about 5,500, it just drinks every bit of gas. Like it's never had fuel before in its life. It just sucks it down. But I'm bebopping down. I'm, I'm taking the shortcuts and trying to get there. And I make my right hand turn up the drain run. And right, I get past the crow's foot. I'm like, oh, man, I'm home free now. I can just lay into it. Now, that was a mistake. I got right about, I don't know, about 500 yards from Cummins Landing and started riding that bull. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Just sat the boat down. <laughs> Immediately regretted not getting fuel. I really didn't want to pay on the water fuel price and... It just what you know, just whatever else. I was too lazy to turn around. I was really regretting that decision now. But then I looked up and seen that buoy for Cummins Landing. See, I put in at State Park a lot, so I was like, oh, this ain't too bad. So picked up the phone, called my old lady. I said, I messed up. I need you to. Sorry about that, y'all. I messed up. I need you to uh, come pick me up, take me to State Park, get my truck, get my trailer, take it over here, and then we'll pick my boat up and uh so that's what we did well i remember reading in the newspaper the donaldsonville news that uh because they were charging these ramp fees they were going to take care of cummins landing they said we know cummins landing's a problem we know it needs a dock since the hurricane the hurricane's wrecked it we're going to get a contractor out there and uh, take care of Cummins Landing. Y'all, that landing's a joke. Okay, so here's what here's what confuses me. We have this 37,500-acre gym at our disposal, Seminole and Decatur counties, right? But Seminole County doesn't maintain any of the ramps, but yet they're charging us for it. Now, they okay, I'll take that back. They maintained, after we complained enough, they maintained um, Spring Creek Park ramp, okay? That was great. So the Corps handed over control of a couple of landings to the counties. Stones is one of them, and Cummins is the other one. And Stones is in just a bad of shape, except the dock's still there. But the ramp's all cracked and busted, and y'all, this is pathetic. Like, I hate to be this guy that's just going to have to sound like an activist because i'm definitely not that kind of guy but uh this is why people don't come here do we understand everybody's got businesses and stuff everybody works everybody would like to make more money than we do people don't come here because we haven't upgraded anything we haven't kept up with anything our ramps are teetotal trash but ask yourself something if you had an eighty thousand dollar bass boat with really nice rims and all this stuff, would you want to back your boat down Cummins Landing? Absolutely not. Would you want to go park it in a gravel lot across the street from the ramp? Absolutely not, right? I don't know. It's just wishful thinking because I've seen a lot of stuff and I've talked to a lot of the old timers and they tell me how great this lake used to be and all the facilities were nice and Everything was fresh, and 
We haven't done anything. We have nothing nice at all. Have y'all thought about that? We have nothing nice on this lake. Besides maybe Spring Creek Ramp and that stuff over there. Everything else is trash. Cummins is trash. River Junction is trash. Everything is trash. Everything's dated. I just don't understand why, you know, we need, look, if the county is going to ask us to pay money for a ramp, then they need to keep the lights on because you can't see. They cut the lights off at Spring Creek Ramp. You can't see anything. And they need to maintain the other ramps. I mean, maybe we just can't have nice stuff. I don't know. But they advertise everything I see about Donaldsonville and Bainbridge and all this is Lake Seminole, gateway to the world, or biggest bass factory out there, or the gateway to Lake Seminole, or la, 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 la. They don't do nothing for the lake. They just like to collect the taxes that they pay down here. They don't do anything. They don't advocate for the core to fix the lake. They don't improve the ramps. They don't do anything. They just make money off of the people coming here to pay for the ramps. They ain't fixed coming land, and that's been years. 2018 is starting to get a little distance on it, right? It's been five years almost. Maybe it has been five years. Four years. I'm not a math guy fishing guy but i don't know what else to say to y'all uh that's the only thing that i could think about when i was uh, pulling my boat out what a pain it was there was nothing to tie up to i had to beach over there i was worried about my boat drifting away it was a it was a cluster to be honest with you there's grass everywhere up the drain you can't get your boat in if you break down in that drain and you got to get on your trolling motor you and some serious you serious problems so don't do like I did. Make sure you're prepared, right? But uh, it's just a shame the state some of these ramps are in. I mean, I remember uh, the FLW Regional Finals was here 2019. And I fished with a guy who had a 21-foot ranger and took him over to Stones, and he was upset about having to back into Stones. Because them ramps are narrow. You know, those ramps were made a long, long, long time ago before these boats were this wide and all. Um, and they're just not maintained. And even even over there at uh, at Addie's, uh, the ramps on the far left that used to be awesome, they're just gone. It's not Don's fault. It's been like that forever. I don't know. Hopefully one day uh, people will get passionate about the lake again. I know there's a lot of anglers that love the lake. And I know Mr. Steve over there at Big Jim's and Mr. Don over at At Ease, they're passionate and, and do the best they can with their places. And, you know, they got nice places. But other than that, and I can't speak for the Florida side, right? So I don't mean to offend anybody on that side. I've never been to Seminole Lodge, so I don't know what it's like, right? But as far as I'm talking about the facilities and the ramps, if you compare it to any other core lake, <clears throat> yeah. And again, we're blessed with this, right? We're south of the Nat line. Not a lot of folks want to move here because of the Nats and all, right? But we could benefit off the tourism. We could benefit off of people coming in and wanting to see our awesome lake and spend their money, right? It's not what it's all about, but it'd just be nice to have modern facilities. Because I think the only one on the lake is, besides the boat basin, and it, you know, it's got some age on it, is over there at Spring Creek Park. 
don't know. Seminole Rod and Reel Repair is now offering Seminole sticks. Yeah, that's right. Custom rods. Seminole stick custom rods. We can build you anything you want. We got high-end blanks from St. Croix and equivalent all the way down to basic entry level. And uh, there's a big difference in a custom rod and one you buy off the shelf. So we can put better components and fine-tune it and size it up to you and do all kind of stuff. So reach out to us. Head over to our Facebook. Check out some of the custom rods we've been doing. We just got done doing one for a Seminole Stick Junior Angler. A little frog rod for him in his favorite colors. And we're currently uh, popping out another. It's actually a 6.6 frog rod right now. It's a 6.6 heavy um, for a lady angler. But, uh, but yeah, if y'all need a custom rod, Christmas is coming up. Go ahead and get with me. Get your orders in. Doesn't take too long to get one made. Uh, appreciate the support we've been getting from y'all all across all of our fishing ventures. And uh, we're going to hush now and get out of here. Thanks so much. You've been listening to the Lake Seminole Ramas Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Taylor. Y'all, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate the support. Big shout out to our sponsors, Waffle House, Nichols Lures, Country Boy Baits, Lake Seminole Outdoors, and Addie's Campground and Marina. Thanks for the support. Y'all are awesome. Make sure to check them out. Give them some support. NicholsLures.com, CountryBoyBaits.com, Waffle House. You know Waffle House. Everybody grew up in Waffle House. Stop in and see, see them over at Lake Seminole Outdoors. Tell them we sent you. Go say hey to Mr. Don over there. Launch your boat over there at ease. Get some of that good food. Yeah. Thanks so much, y'all. See you next time.